Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Quicker on the music this week. Good. We're learning. God, you couldn't wait two seconds to start giving me shit. <laughs> anyway, welcome back to the South End Zone. Brought to you by Belly Up Sports. I'm your host, Jason Bailey. That's Eric Mulher, smartass as always. Uh, and we've added a new member to the, the cast. Eric, we finally landed a five-star recruit. Finally. Good. Only, only took us three years, so... Alec Pasarek, welcome to the show. How you doing, girl? Good. Good, good, good. Well, Eric, you still pissed off about your lawn. I'm not going to ask you how you're God, doing. You're, yeah, you're going <laughs> <laughs> to... I, I, I know... Uh, I you're know going to piss still... me off before we start talking about football, even. Like, well, Mr. Two Seconds. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, look, nobody should be more pissed off than me right now, but I'm not. Probably uh, not. I totally saw this coming, but we're going to dive into it. So... Uh, the last time we talked, Eric, we yep. were discussing Saban, the goat, hanging it up, and we sort of spe- speculated on some candidates, this, that, and the other, and they went and hired Kalen DeBoer. So yep. before we get into all that, I do want to take a quick second to sort of introduce our new co-host, Allie. Uh I don't know that you've changed your Twitter handle and I know you're going to do all that and all that kind of stuff, but where, what is all your socials that you would want people to follow you on Twitter, et cetera? You know, off the top of my head, <laughs> I don't even, God, you're so unprepared. Good I Lord. Know. Sorry, I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. All right. So if I recall correctly, I think it is, what is that? Rebs underscore Rebs 2019 with underscores all in between. If you want to go follow Allie. Yeah, uh, on Twitter. So a little bit about yourself there. I know you're an old Miss alum. Anything yeah. else you want to share? Yeah, I mean, I'm an old Miss alum who uh, originally from California. So you don't see uh, California to Mississippi too frequently, but you know, got introduced to SEC football, and there's no turning back. There, you- <laughs> there, there is no turning back from that. And uh, no. so you know, for reference, if this is your first time watching the show with us, we appreciate you joining us but uh, feel free to subscribe and those of you who don't know eric doesn't necessarily have a a diehard loyalty to anybody he just no, he likes he like likes a florida lifelong state. fan of anyone yeah he, li- he likes florida state a little bit of a florida state homer but uh and we'll get into my fanhood here in a minute uh so uh introductions aside eric kaylin DeBoer. Initial yep. reactions. My guy. Um, initial reaction? Yeah, because I'm coming to you first here because you're the Kalen DeBoer resident fanboy of this show. Yep. I know I know you tried to pass that torch to me, but that's not happening. You got to keep it. Okay. I mean, w- what? Uh, um, <clears throat> I guess I'll talk first about the reactions that I saw to the hire, specifically mm-hmm. from Alabama fans, and they're very split camp. Right. And it's either, hey, this guy's 104 and 12 and, you know, has all these wins and all these 
just preposterous stats like 72 and one home record, uh, 80 and three outside of his first 10 games at any school, stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of people seem kind of underwhelmed with it. And it really came off to me like it was because they wanted someone else and sort of like grasping at straws of why, like, oh, well, he's, he's not from the South. Okay. Uh, I mean, we talked about it with Brian Kelly, uh, you know, he's not, neither was Nick Saban, you know, I mean, I I mean, he's not the West Virginia is not the South. So I, I just, you know, winning solves all, I guess, you know, are you, are you looking for someone who eats three meals a week that are wrapped in bacon and deep fried, or do you want a guy who's going to go win on Saturdays? It's fair. It's a you fair want, analogy. Like, so, uh, so if you're if you're trying to judge the hire based on what you think his results to be will be versus what the results were for Nick Saban for the last decade and a half, then it doesn't matter who you hire. That guy's going to get an F, right? <laughs> Nick Saban in 2007 would have gotten an F. Um, yeah. If you have a working frontal lobe and you just say, oh, I'm going to compare him to all the other guys they realistically could have gotten, I think he was probably the best option that they could have chosen, and they got him. Yeah, I would agree. And, uh, Ali, I'm going to bring – you in on this a little bit. I feel like the only dude that they could have went and got that maybe should have, because, you know, every coaching search ends with, no, this was our guy the whole time and all of that. But we all know that's BS. And so, but I was sort of in the camp that the only dude that I think that they legitimately wanted and probably tried really hard to get, but it got just outbid for was Steve Sarkeesian. I don't know if I buy all the, the Norvell stuff. What do you think about all that? Um, you know, I, I don't know if I buy the Norvell stuff either. I do. It's, it's weird because last year, you know, in every year for the last 20 years, I probably would have said that Alabama is the better job. Uh, but the fact is that staying at Texas for a Sarkeesian really was it. it, Texas is the better job right now. And, um, you know, I, I didn't think that they were going to go with someone super flashy. I think DeBoer made the most sense. Um, you know, they weren't going to bring Elaine Kiffin in. I knew that. It seems like a lot of Twitter didn't know that. But I felt confident that they weren't going to go from someone, you know, like Nick Saban to uh, a character like Lane Kiffin. But, um, you know, I think the DeBoer hire, it, it, it did make sense. But the biggest question is not whether or not he's from the South. I think it's can he recruit in the South? Um, and yeah, you know, a lot of coaches aren't from the South, but they do have that experience recruiting and bringing someone in from recruiting on the West coast to, um, you know, the South, it's a whole different ball game. So, um, he's a proven winner and I think he's going to win, but, uh, and I, and I do think that it's the right hire, but, um, you know, only time will tell. And it will be very interesting to see, you know, what keeps happening with, um, with this portal stuff and, you know, who he's going to bring with him. Man, yeah, portal stuff. We'll get to that nightmare in just a minute. So, Eric, I'm going to fire it back to you. Talk to yes. me about the coordinator hires for Bama thus far, because we we know that uh, Alabama tried to hire Ryan Grubb last off season, and he, he did. you know sort of spurned him and uh, turned down the job and decided to stay with DeBoer at Washington, which seemed to prove lucrative uh, of a decision for him. And he turned, ends up getting the job anyway, which I don't think he probably had that figured. But uh, also they end up pulling a sitting head coach in Womack. 
Kane Womack from South Alabama. So talk to me about those two hires and your thoughts on that for the, I guess what's left of Alabama's team. <laughs> Cause yeah, I mean, roster a- aside, just looking at their coaching staff, I don't, yeah. I can't imagine an Alabama fan is going to look at what they did just with the coordinators and not think they upgraded at both spots. I, I mean, yeah, I don't know of any th- thus far. I mean, I, most of my friends when's, in my when's circles, the last time, yeah, when's the last time Indiana was worth a shit? 2020. Right. Okay. I mean, and I think they played, I think they played six games in that season. I, so you really don't count it. So six they, or eight, but they, they were respectable ish in 2019. Yeah. So Kane Womack, Kane Womack was the, the defensive coordinator. Then they had, I think something like the 18th ranked total yardage, uh, total defense in the mm-hmm. country. You know, caveat of Big Ten offenses applies. I get it, but um, South Alabama. I mean, we we talked about them a number of times, right? They went into Stillwater and just dragged. <laughs> Oklahoma State played in the Big Twelve title game, right? Yeah, and South Alabama went and beat them by four scores. I mean, they they're he is a good good coach. Um, well, he's got. Ty- I know the one thing about Womack that I'll highlight uh, is that he's got a ton of ties to the Mobile area. Yep. Big time recruiter down there. You know, a lot of, a lot of contacts with coaches and things of that nature down there. So that's that's one of those hires. Yeah, where- and that's part of I think kind of what Allie was working towards is, yeah. you know, a, the head coach doesn't do a ton of recruiting. Most of that falls on staff, right? Um, yeah. So I think the expectation was and what we're seeing is he is loading up on staff that has some sort of ties to that area to to sort of ease that transition, right? Just because he doesn't have those existing relationships now doesn't mean he can't form them, but he's got, you know, someone who can help you get your foot in the door. And he's got maybe the best person on the planet for that um, with an office above the stadium helping out. So I, I think, you know, five years ago, that aspect of it might have worried me, but enough of recruiting is tied straight up just to money now that it wouldn't maybe concern me as much. But if there is a potential obstacle for him out there, I think that would be it. Yeah, I would tend to agree with uh, pretty much everything you said there. I <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't I don't have a problem with either one of the coordinator hires. I agree that it's probably an upgrade. Uh, especially offensively, uh, you know, I've been pretty vocal about my thoughts on Tommy Reese and the yeah. offense. <laughs> no, no need to rehash that. Of course, you know, there might not be much of the team left. I'm not going to sit here and rehash every transfer portal, uh, person that's jumped in the portal between Proctor downs bond, who we discussed. I mean, it's just, it's, ma- it's mass, before. mass exodus. It's up to like 22 or 23 players that have jumped in the portal. Several have decommitted for 2025. It's just their roster is a shit show right now. So I would imagine they'll try to pull some of his players from Washington, but we'll we'll dive into that more once we get like towards the spring. You know, mm-hmm. we actually have an idea of what the roster looks like. But speaking of dominoes falling, Alia uh, Washington. Nick Saban retires and Arizona loses their coach and football program. I don't know how these dominoes work, but that's the way it goes. So Jed Fish, who I would argue did more with less than just about anybody in the country goes to Washington. What's your thought? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. You say they lost their football program. I think they had a football program for about a year there. Um, (laughs) 
Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, he did such a fantastic job at U of A. Again, I call it U of A. I'm from the West Coast, and that's kind of our abbreviation for it. But he did a great job with what he had at Arizona. Um, I think he's going to be pretty dangerous, uh, you know, with a going to a you know stronger program. Um, they're a lot more willing to open up their checkbooks. Um, and I think he did the, the best that he was going to do at Arizona. I mean, I th- people are really upset about the hire, but um, – or, you know, about his departure, rather. Um, but makes it makes sense. Obviously, he's going to a depleted Washington team. But, you know, again, look at what he was able to do at Arizona. Um, and, you know, being in the national championship just this year, I that's going to help him out a lot with, uh, you know, recruiting when he does uh, move up north. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that hire was a good one. But uh, I feel bad for those Arizona fans, but I don't know if there's too many of them to be completely honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They won't be, they won't be overtaking the streets with pitchforks or anything. At no. all. It's a short list. And uh, I, I would, <clears throat> excuse me. I would tend to agree that it's a, a good hire. I don't, I don't, I haven't heard any rumblings on Twitter that it, someone didn't like the hire at all. I think it's good, but honestly, <laughs> like if you would have, if somebody would have told me before this season started that next year, Jed fish will be coaching the national championship runner up to start in the big 10 or in the big 10, I'd have been like, what, <laughs> what, <laughs> what are we talking about? So Jed fish is getting the Ohio state or Michigan job. What? Like yeah, did Harbaugh go to the NFL after all? Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, this is one of those things where, Eric all the time likes to talk about our favorite time traveler, you know, Mm -hmm. where if five years down the road, you know, someone travels back in time and they've got to try to explain things to Alabama fans that in three years, your roster is going to get completely gutted. Saban's going to be gone and your program is going to be headed towards the dirt and a guy you've never heard of is going to be coaching the national championship runner up. It's just, yeah, because five years ago, like you can count the number of Alabama fans who know who Kalen DeBoer is and can pick him out of lineup on one hand. Yeah, that's right. And you wouldn't need at least three fingers. No, yeah, it's uh, pretty crazy. I mean, that was what twenty nineteen. I was just learning who he was. I mean, like, I, yeah. I, had, I mean, we talked about. It. I knew who he was from right because right? we grew up in the same area of South Dakota. He played at Sioux Falls when I was in high school. I, I knew he was a receiver on the team because they won a national title. <sighs> must have been 95 or 96. Um, you know, and then to check out the paper online later on when I'm off in the Navy doing, you know, wherever and whatever I'm doing and then see Sioux Falls. Now he's coaching, right. And they're rolling. Um, so, I mean, I've known who he's, who he was for 30 years. I didn't necessarily expect to ever see him be the head coach at Alabama, but. Nor I. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah the, the time traveler couldn't have talked to me into that when no. I was 18 years old. No, not at all. So all the Alabama stuff, it's pretty wild. Like I said, we're not going to sit here and rehash every detail of it because they are they get enough coverage on ESPN and CBS and Twitter. It's just a complete meltdown for Alabama fans right now. So my advice well, is just portal, turn, give us, portal take us away. Yes. My advice for all of you Alabama fans, a few of you that listen to the show, they're friends of mine or whoever, just turn your phone off. <laughs> Stop. Don't engage just let it go man so you guys talking, will be fine uh, yeah i mean i promise like it, you're not going to go own 12 yeah I, I do think you're in good hands one thing that i just want to mention is uh 
you know, I, I love, no matter who it is, to be honest, I love seeing those videos of when the coach lands at the airport, you know, and their fans there greeting them. And um, you could just see the look on his family's face. Like they have not seen that type of love before. Um, even, even going to the national championship, it was like their faces were glowing. Like they, they've really made it they really uh, entered into a fo- true football country. So uh, that's always really cool <laughs> to see. It was. And my last take on this whole coaching domino effect uh, from the Alabama fan perspective that I could offer is I think a lot of people in the Bama fan base who the the 6% of which that are actually logical people, you know, 6%, that's a, that's a high mark. Okay. That I'm, I'm being uh, all, all numbers approximate. <laughs> I'm being generous with saying 6% of the fan base is logical, but I think those people, myself included have noticed a downturn in the last two to three seasons in just, I guess the intensity of the football team. It's just, we talked about it, Eric, sort of an identity crisis where Mm -hmm. it's between Bryce Young throwing it 50 times a game and the defense is soft or they don't have an offensive identity last year. You know, it's just kind of not the things you typically see from a Nick Saban coach team. So when I see the excitement at the airport and thousands of people lined up at the Malmore facility to, you know, welcome him, I think that's people who are legitimately excited to hopefully it gets back to where it was or somewhat close to that. Now, disclaimer, it's never going to be back to that. I mean, I, I don't think, and Allie, I don't know what you think about this. I don't think unless you, unless your checkbook is as big as Texas or Georgia and Alabama's is just not, let's be honest. I mean, they have a big checkbook, but, but they're, they haven't to this point been willing to cut checks as big as Texas or Georgia. I don't think you can sustain a level of dominance with the way the game is built now. It's so hard to say. I mean, the last few years, just the whole landscape of the sport has changed so much. Um, I do think it's going to be interesting, though, because especially with this 12-team playoff, um, you know, I really think that anything can happen. And listen, obviously Georgia and they have they have the funds um but you also look at texas yeah they you know made the playoff this year but for so long they had those funds and what did they do with it um alabama you know there's 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 money there you're speaking to someone who just is from little old miss so uh you know i do see that um, i don't think they're gonna have a problem keeping up per se um and it's also you know you it's it's alabama in my mind you know people um are always going to have that respect for for the program and it's still going to be the dynasty um you know it just has that history in the last you know 10 15 years but it will be interesting to see one thing that i'd like to note is it's so funny how you know these bad years for y'all we're celebrating going 11 and 2 we're celebrating going 10 and 2 over in oxford so it's just the expectation that saban has set is going to be impossible to keep up with but I think that they're going to be just fine. They're going to make the playoff every year. Who knows what can happen? Yeah, shout out to Josh Pate, who said uh, fans that are younger than 36 are trust fund fans that cheer for Alabama. And that's a fact. I mean, if you're younger than that, you've never really paid attention when things were bad. You know, I remember 
living through Alabama losing to Auburn six straight seasons. I remember living through yeah. the Mike Price <laughs> getting fired yeah. before he even coached. Francione getting poached. Yeah. The Mikes. Yeah. I'm I old mean, enough to remember when they were good, like before they were mediocre. Yeah. Like the last time they were good. Yeah. The first time I ever watched Alabama football and actually paid attention was 1992. They won the national championship that year mm -hmm. and then went on just a string of mediocrity for <laughs> a long time. And it was a rough time, man. But I don't know. Maybe it ends up back there. Maybe it doesn't. I would like to think that there's enough infrastructure there put in place that they maintain. I, I mean, they're not going to, no one, no one will stay on top forever. You you can go back for the last 60 years and yeah, you know, Nebraska in the mid nineties. Could you ever envision a scenario where, Hey, they don't make a bowl game for like eight years straight. Oh, you know what no. I mean? Like go, go back to 1994 and tell a Nebraska fan, describe what the 2010s look like for that program, right? They wouldn't believe you. Uh, USC, it, Miami, right? The list goes on and on and on. I think, you know, Alabama probably had the highest peak of them all for the last decade and a half. I do think their valley will be higher than, than those others. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it'll be interesting to see. So, but yeah, welcome back to reality, Jason. <laughs> Yeah, welcome back. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to be back in reality where I cannot expect my team to be in the national championship mix every year. That's a place I haven't been since 2007. So, well, I'm not uh, sure that's, yeah, I'm not sure that's a true statement, but yeah, we can move on. <laughs> hey, man, we'll see what happens. So, we talked about Washington. Washington's off to the Big Ten. So, Doing a season re normally at this time we start doing our win total recaps and so we're gonna say a sad goodbye to the Pac-12, Eric. The final season of Pac-12 football, it's done. Yep. And you know, if you would have said four years ago that we were gonna lose Pac-12 after dark, Pac-12 football in general is going bye bye. These teams are all getting poached and going wherever, and all of your worst nightmares as a Pac-12 fan come to fruition. Four or five years ago, I would have said good fucking riddance. I don't care right. because all these teams suck. And then just as Pac-12 football gets his shit together, the last two seasons are really compelling. The, the teams yeah, they've have, been wildly entertaining the last yeah, two years. So now I mean, they're gone. Yeah, the teams get better and then TV money gets and they're not, involved. It's like they're not all going to the same place either. Yeah. Right. So that. Yeah, there's really nothing you can say other than that. Now, Allie, I know you're a Southern California transplant here, and you're I think you said your old man was a a UCLA fan when you were growing up, perhaps. So what's your take on the Pac-12 just dissolving? Because we haven't talked about that. Yeah, so, you know, it's interesting. Grew up in California. My dad went to UCLA, and I grew up rooting for UCLA. Um, you know, and then my older sister went to Ole Miss. My dad visited Ole Miss, and he said – Goodbye, Pac-12. Uh, <laughs> now I, I arrived, and um, yeah, it's 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 weird for me because um, I admit that you know I, I do tend to have an SEC bias, um, but uh, that's not typical from someone coming from the Pac-12. Uh, you know, geographically, I don't know. Um, I think that it's going to be a really really interesting thing when. Um, you know, USC's in the Big Ten, and they have no defense. You know, I think a lot of these teams that are – I think a lot of these teams are about – Speaking my language. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're going to get very exposed is kind of my take on it. Um, because 
to be completely transparent, Washington, you know, Michael Penix, he, they, they earned their spot. Do I think they were a top two team in the country? No, I think Alabama and Georgia would have beat them all day. That's just my take. Um, so, you know, it's, I think you're also going to be able to see the difference just in strictly in size in a lot of these teams. Um, and, you know, a lot, a lot of these, the big 10 is I think what's going to be the most interesting because you have a team like Iowa who they play, you know, serious defense football. And then you have these crazy teams who their games are super fun to watch in the PAC 12 at 10 30 PM. Um, but there's just, you forget that there's a defense on the field, you know, you're just, watching it for these crazy, crazy offensive plays. So um, I do think it's going to be very eye-opening. And, yeah, I mean, I do think the media probably hyped it up quite a bit, you know, kind of the farewell to the Pac-12. I think they wanted them – they wanted the Pac-12 to be good towards the end. They had a lot of teams in the top 25 that I don't know if had any business being there. But, um, you know, we'll see. It's going to be really, really interesting once these guys – start playing some other teams and get some more, um, you know, competition in there. Man, it'd be nice to inject some offense into the big 10. Yeah, it would. I would love to see some offense in the big 10 because Jesus Christ, the the final year of big 10 West football was just absolutely putrid on the offensive side of the ball. So we might be taking Iowa overs next year. Can you imagine that? Oh man, no. I still can't do it. No, not until they hire an offensive coordinator. And to your point, I don't even think they're looking, to be honest. I think they're just going to go into the season without one. What do they need one for? They're What's not the going to score anyway. <laughs> just save the money, Kirk Ferentz. Just save the money. Don't spend it. It doesn't matter. You can't score anyway. Uh, all right, Eric. So run us down our win total recaps here. I, I, I have no idea what we took in the Pac-12. How did we do it overall? Collectively, we sucked. Mm. Do, so who you have did the worse? Chimora soundbar- Me. Oh, all right. Well, okay then. I, I feel yeah, good. Yeah, I got I got embarrassed in the past. <laughs> um, oh boy, I can't and wait. I'm to not hear it. sure exactly. There's there's one team that we have to maybe try to litigate how we're going to score this for your final record, but uh, uh, Cam Rising in Utah. Yeah. So I'll just I, go well, through I, the ones. Yeah, I said under if if Cam Rising never played. Okay, well, I'm not sure I like letting you hedge, but you did say it before the season, so I guess I guess you finished seven and five. Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, thanks a lot. That helps me so much. Okay. Well, you want to trade because I went three and nine. Ugh. No, I'm good. You, you stick right. with that three and nine, dude. Um, I will. Just we'll start off with the ones that we both missed on. Uh, right. I think I think all the ones you missed, I missed as well, except for one. Um, Colorado, we both took under three and a half. Thank you, Sonny Dykes. Uh, <laughs> that was the one game I gave them no shot of winning. I was like, okay, they got two wins and a couple of you know, couple of maybes. Uh, I didn't think they'd win both maybes. One of them was Arizona, who we'll get to in a minute. But, uh, yeah, Colorado, they go four and eight. We missed that one. We also missed on Cal under five and a half because we both thought that Justin Wilcox was not long for this world, uh, coaching-wise. I mean, health-wise, he's fine. Uh, but they – Cal, bowl game, who to thunk it? Um, <laughs> not me. <sighs> we missed on Oregon State. We, we yeah. took over – we took over eight and a half. We were on the hype train after that 10 win season and they were a good team, but 
you know, lost a couple they shouldn't have. Um, I think there's a very real chance that the Michigan State interest distracted Jonathan, Jonathan Smith and the coaching staff enough to affect them in the last couple. Like, they completely no-showed against Oregon. Yeah. I mean, uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying they would have won, but they were just kind of there. I think he saw the writing on the wall. You know, even if it's not Michigan State, you know that your team is basically heading into a dead zone with no conference and no hope in sight with no TV deal. So it's like, I got to get the fuck out of here while I can, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. And maybe had we known how it was all going to shake out um, when we made these picks, I don't know that that would have necessarily changed our minds on any of these numbers. But uh, yeah, they finished eight and four. So we missed that. Um, another team we gave way too much, way too much credit to is your boy Lincoln Riley down at Southern Cal. Um, I I wish I could tell you what I was thinking, taking over nine and a half. Like, I can't speak for you. I don't know what was going through your mind, but I really, looking back at the season, I'm not sure how I arrived at them winning 10 games. <sighs> I would have to go back and look at their schedule offhand, but outside of Oregon and Washington, I didn't ex- expect anybody else in the conference to beat them because I, I just, I couldn't comfortably take a Utah, and I don't know if they even played Utah. I think they did, but yeah. I couldn't comfortably take Utah to beat USC if Cam Rising was not going to play. You know, I was like, they're not going to have an offense if he doesn't play. So yeah, I remember the one I was on the fence about was the Notre Dame game. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, I don't know how, you know, what Sam Hartman's going to look like. Uh, they got a couple new starters on defense. I think they'll be pretty good, but I don't know what the offense is going to look like. Notre Dame ended up running the ball way better than I expected. But yeah, uh, USC, they, and it's not that we missed, but I mean, they went seven and five. Yeah. They, they, just were, compl- they were lucky to win seven games. Um, yeah. They, they completely shit the bed. I mean, yeah. let's just be realistic here. They didn't tackle a soul and no. never again will I put any sort of faith in Lincoln Riley at all. And I, I mean, if, if he doesn't walk in the Big Ten and win like nine or 10 games, his ass is going to be on the hot seat next year. He I, might be. He might be on the flaming throne. We may uh, be talking about him in July. Uh, <laughs> certainly not out of the question. Yeah, maybe. Um, so those are the four that we both missed on. Uh, so so we'll, we'll, we've talked about Washington. We'll talk about them again. I took over nine and a half um, because I was the only Kalen DeBoer fanboy at the time preseason. Now there's two of us. Yeah. Uh, you took under. I did take under. Flip-flopped on Oregon. Uh, I took under nine and a half. You took the over. So kind of evened out there. And then the rest of the way. Um, you were right and I was wrong. Mm. Had to happen sometime. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I always got to say something, motherfucker. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I don't feel too terrible about the way the Pac-12 shook out for mm-hmm. me betting-wise. I I made a decent amount of money throughout the season on the Pac-12. Ultimately, yeah, I, I feel like an idiot for taking it over on Lincoln Riley, knowing that they couldn't tackle anybody. Like what? Like if I could travel back in time, I would smack the shit out of myself and be like, See, and I what? thought they would be a little better on defense. Cause they added some good players. Like they, they went and got Barry Alexander. Um, they got a, a linebacker in a corner. 
I didn't expect their offense to drop off, and I really thought their defense would be at least a little bit better or less terrible, and it wasn't. It was every bit as bad as the year before and Oklahoma in 2021. But Well, when yeah. you start, it really – and I know – I'm going to, I'm going to get Allie's take on this because, you know, she <laughs> sort of alluded to it, it may be a wake up call. I, I think when we started getting reports like week four, that they don't even like tackle and practice that they're just, they've got the stereo blaring at practice and it's just like a happy go lucky bunch of lollygagging while the defense is practicing. I don't know. I mean, what do you, Allie, you listen to all that. Do you really think we were big idiots for any of those takes taking overs or unders on some of those teams i don't know where you were on the pac-12 coming in who were you high or low on yeah honestly um you just i've I've grown up with usc my my dad went to ucla but his brother went to usc so you know i've been familiar with them for a long time um you never know with them and i didn't have faith in Lincoln Riley that he was really going to tighten up that defense, which he obviously did not. Um, So, but, but the thing is to, to give you guys a little bit of a break. uh, I know personally for me, um, all I heard about was how good USC is and how good they're going to be. And, you know, you see those, the preseason rankings and the top 25 and they love to just put them as high up as they possibly can. And when you're looking at that, you're like, okay, well, maybe there's something, you know, they have all this talent. Maybe they're actually putting it to good use. Um, but, you know, to, to be honest, I think that's an example of USC. They have big, big wallets and they haven't been able, you know, they went, they hired Lincoln Riley, but what have they been able to do with it? He had the same record as um, Clay, who's over here at Georgia Southern now. So <laughs> you just never... You never know with uh, with the Trojans, um, but uh, yeah, one that that did surprise me was Utah. But um, I, I wasn't sure how they were going to be this season without Cam Rising. But then after that first Florida game, um, you know, I thought, okay, maybe they're they're legit. Um, but you know, it is it is funny. USC just cannot beat Utah. I don't know what it is. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I don't see them winning more than seven games though when they're going to play you know, it's arguably a tougher schedule. So we'll see how arguably. Yeah. Let's I'll, I'll I'll bring that up for you real quick while we're on the topic of. Yeah. I don't think I've looked at their schedule. I can't imagine it's, it's a whole lot of fun. Oh, dude, I'm about to read it off to you. God, Tell me they play at Illinois in November. Also. Um, so that'll be a factor. Well, I think they avoid the super cold weather game. Um, fortunately for them, most of their, uh, November games are at home. They do their their only road game in November is at Washington, and they are familiar in that atmosphere. So, okay, so they open up with LSU, uh, and who knows how that's going to go? LSU is going to look a lot different. We know that, but that's a neutral site in Vegas. And then they play a Utah State or somebody, and then they get a week off before they go on the road to Michigan. <laughs> third week of September. Yikes. That's going to be a wake up call. And then uh, the following week, they hop on a plane and go right, but go back home and play Wisconsin in the Coliseum. That is just the weirdest matchup. This is just weird. And then after that home game, they get on a plane and fly right back to Minnesota in October. 
would imagine it might be a little cool up there in October. Don't know. Could be. Could be 80. Uh, it, it's <laughs> yeah. all in play. Yeah. And then they come back home to play Penn State. So you've got a four-game stretch of Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Penn State. It's like, what in the world? God, is- they're going to they're gonna get bludgeoned up front. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, home away, home away, home away, home away, home away, home. Yep, they like, did a good they did a good job of helping out USC with the home and aways uh, right out of the gate, and then yeah, and like, then the last back to back road trips, but they're flying. Oh, yeah, man, the trap the trap they didn't do gone. any favors either. No, it's a lot of travel back and forth, and then the last five they close out with at Washington, Nebraska at home at UCLA, which is basically a home game too, and then Notre Dame at home. So. I, I have a hard time finding seven wins on this schedule, to yeah. be honest. Like yeah. that's that's a brutal, brutal Let's schedule. See, there's, uh one, two, three. They could lose seven games next year. Four. Absolutely. I agree. hundred <laughs> percent with the direction that Nebraska's heading. Yeah, um, I I see six that I don't really like, feel even, great about if I'm them. And, like, and even, even Rutgers is not a layup. On that schedule, I mean, no. they don't they don't play any defense. They don't play any defense, so mm. anybody can score. But uh, yeah, yeah. be wild. Yeah, that Pac twelve, Pac twelve football. I wish for a lot of these teams' sake that it would have survived, but things are not looking good. So, oh yeah. Speaking of not looking good, I did it. I believed in Arizona State. I thought they could get a fifth win. No. <laughs> not, not good. So so I didn't expect them to be on their third string quarterback for the majority of the season, who is a true freshman. Um, yeah. Talented kid. Jaden Rashada is the kid who was at Florida and had the NIL hiccup and left. Um, I'm still a Kenny Dillingham believer. I think he's going to get them going. I thought. Yeah, I was on the fence between four and five. So I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Shouldn't have done that. Uh, they went, I, I don't remember. I think they might have gone three and nine. But uh, yeah, that was an under. Yeah, three and nine. I, I was out on them when I heard Kenny Dillingham come out and say publicly at a practice where they were allowing media in. And he said, if it weren't for, I forget the name, X donor, we would not even have a football team this year. And I was like, that's not good. Like it's not good, but it's also not false. It's yeah, like, no, I mean it's true. And so when I'm hearing that, I'm like, oh man, they don't yeah. even have the money to run a program if not for somebody stepping up and writing a check. Like, oh man, no. it's gonna be a rough it, year. At all. Yeah, it's probably gonna be a rough year, rough year next year uh, as well. Another team that may have a, a rough year next year is Arizona. Oh, we'll see what happens to their roster with Jed Fish moving on. They did get San Jose's uh, San Jose State's head coach. I don't know much about him. Yeah, um, well, we may I touch on we may. Yeah, touch I haven't on dove into f- that at all. But yeah, we may touch on some new faces, new places in the off season. Maybe, um, but yeah, Arizona four and a half. I feel like an idiot. Uh, they doubled that. Um, you, I took the under. You took the under on that one. Yeah. Oh man! Yeah, I took the under on that one, and then I rode them all year, like through the season. <laughs> that's, that's what that's what I was gonna say. I was like, "Wait a minute, you bet? Yeah, how much money did you make off of it? Yeah, how dumb do I feel right now? Yeah, 
Um, that was weird. I, I was the whole time. I thought you were on the over on them all season. That's so mind blowing. You can't believe that. Yeah, I did too. You wrote them like a pony for like yeah. four or five weeks in a row. That's yeah, crazy. I went to go tabulate these at the end. I'm like, holy shit! I took. I went back and listened to that episode too. I didn't believe it. I was like, God, I really did take the under on that. What was <laughs> you? You rode them all the way to beating your own bet. Nice job. Yep. Um, another team I took the under on. You did as well. We both hit. That was Stanford coming through. One of the oh, safest yeah. bets in sports is Stanford sucking. Um, <laughs> except for the week, except for the week they played Colorado, which by the way, if you want yeah. some good YouTube content, go back and watch that. If you're a fan and well, they sucked for half of that game, um, I was about to say, I don't remember the kid's name. It's some, it's a weird name, but the receiver oh, who had like 290 yards receiving yeah. in the second half in of the that game. Half, um, amazing. It escapes me as well, but yeah, I can't think of it. See, that's um, what- <laughs> yeah yeah it's because it was a halftime and i actually i had stanford plus the points yeah um oh, nice and it was halftime and they were getting absolutely dragged and i was like <laughs> no i'm just i'm going to bed it was like it was like 12 15 it's like no screw it there's no point and it's like i just lifeless and then i wake up in the morning and and like i had the blurry eyes i didn't have my reading glasses on i'm looking at my phone like what no they didn't and yeah well you should have texted your you should have checked your text thread first because i'm sure there was me going are you watching this like 12 times because probably i, I stayed up and watched it that, that might have actually been what i was trying to like trying to i don't remember <laughs> um, i just remember being very very surprised yeah. um I was also speaking of things that surprised me. I was surprised that UCLA did not win the ninth game this year. I was on the over eight and a half for them. I missed you hit kind of the story of the conference. That's the first time I've ever bet against Chip Kelly, and he actually came through, and I didn't get screwed. Kind yeah, of strange. Uh, yeah, that's how you know we're sending off the Pac-12 is he doesn't screw you over. And then Wazoo got me. Uh, and that looked so over six and a half looked so promising for like the first half of the season. They started off, I think five and oh, four and oh, um, with some decent wins. And then they just tanked. <laughs> yeah. Just shit the bed. Um, I think they needed to win that apple cup game, um, and did not do it. So they finish, uh, under six and a half check mark for you. Red X for me. So God, and speaking of Washington state, the Cam Ward saga, dude. I I don't know what the fuck is going on there. Crazy. I mean, he, he yeah. What do you think it is? Tapped and then and then took himself out of it. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, do, I, like, do we think he just got some feedback on where he'd go and he wasn't happy with it? It's like I can make that much money playing at Miami. Well, see the the thing about like. When you submit your name to the draft, like, and at least this is the way it used to be. I don't know if it still is now, but the advisory board. Yeah. Yeah. While you're at school, you're still enrolled. You can submit your name to the advisory board and they look at everything and they tell you where they think you're going to be drafted, you know, based on all the information they have. And you don't you know, have to. These are a lot of like former scouts and executives, right? It's not just like me and Jason. Yeah. Like, yeah. We wouldn't take you till the fourth round. Uh, right. Like and it's. So, and so you can do that while you're still enrolled at school. Okay. So I guess he went ahead and jumped in the portal because he thought, well, I'm either going to go to the draft or go to another school. Mm-hmm. And then the rumors are flying around about Ohio State. And then it's like, well, 
apparently nobody wants him. He, he visits Florida State. That doesn't work out. Visits Ohio State. That doesn't work out. And then it's like, well, I don't know if he just wanted more money or what the deal was. And then lo and behold, I'm going to the draft. Announces it on social media. Four days later, puts up a picture of himself in a Miami uniform. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Make up your mind, dude. Like, what are you yeah. doing? So now Mario Cristobal has another quarterback that he can help to regress before the draft. So time is a flat circle. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, Allie, I don't know how much Miami football you've watched, but I know this. If I was going to pick a head coach that I wanted to develop me for the draft, Cristobal, not only would he not even be on the list, he would be on the top of my do not want to go here list. Absolutely. I mean, after that fiasco against Georgia Tech last <laughs> year, I lost all respect for the guy. Um, yes. So, you know, it's uh, anything he does, I would stay away. I mean, Miami, it's like every year I think, you know, maybe they're going to be better this year, and then they're not. You know, so. oh, oh, we were drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. We were. We, we Did thought- you erase that episode yet, by the way? I don't know. God, like, I, need, I have it? to go. I have to go back and find which one it was, and I'll delete it. I need to get rid of it. It's <laughs> either like, the week before or the week after the Texas A&M game. I don't remember which. Oh, I think there man. were four. No, that could be that could be devastating to our credibility if yes. I find that. <laughs> yes, God, so yeah, the hardcore. We agree that was that was ugly. Okay, yeah. so uh, what else you got, Eric? We got a That's, couple more here. Nope, that's the last of the Pac-12. You finished okay. seven and five, uh, based on your wishy-washiness around Utah. I'll give you. Hey man, if credit. you want to give me six and six, that's fine. I still finished above five hundred for the year. You did. Uh, actually, we both did. I think. Um, just you finished ahead of me. Yeah. Let me look. I was just looking at this before it came on. I don't remember what the numbers are now. I think I was like six or seven teams above five hundred on over bets. Uh, over unders. Yes, you finished 39 and 30. Not as good as last year. No, neither of us were as good as last year. Last year, we kind of cleaned up. Um, well, I, think I, was, it's just, I think it's getting harder to. It is. To we, we talked man. about it during the preseason. Like, oh, win totals were sort of easy money for us the last couple of years because I think we had a better handle on what, you know, all any sports betting is based on how good your information is and how much you trust it. And I think you, we had better information in the past coming into a season on what teams are going to look like, because we had enough carryover from the, from the previous season where we actually watched this group of players and these coaching staffs, right? We, we have a little more, um, a little more background info to go off of. And it kind of is starting to feel like every year, like everyone's starting from scratch, like even Ohio state, same coach, a lot of guys returning still really feels like it's going to be a completely different team. Oh yeah. I saw a tweet the other day from ESPN or, you know, college football on Fox. One of those, one of the big media outlets talking about Ohio state's loading up for next season. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, that's a regular Tuesday. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm like loading up. up I mean, they're, they're like preseason number one or two every fucking year. Like, what are we talking about? I mean, is Will Howard going to be better than we projected the last four or five Ohio state quarterbacks to be? I I I think he'll be better than we projected McCord to be. (laughs) That's fair. We projected McCord to stink. So I don't know. 
I, we thought he'd be average, and he, for the most part, was. But yeah, yeah. I don't know what. Uh, it's going to be interesting. So one thing we we never talked about on here because we were going to um, maybe talk to Allie about it because she probably knows more of the ins and outs than we do. But we never discussed Quinshawn Judkins. You was coming. Ah, oh, yes, love this. Let's hear it. What's the take? Well, so I guess let me let me kind of start yeah. with this. Yeah, preface um, it. Do it. So w- when we saw that, right, because it shows up on Twitter, oh, he's entered the transfer portal. Jason and I were both kind of taken like, what? Why would, like, he's maybe the best running back in the country. How, you know, an, an old Miss is bringing all these guys. Like, it's pretty evident they're throwing some money around. Is it that? What's going on? And it kind of got me thinking. Um. We ran into this like when coaching openings started or opening coaching jobs started opening up, you know, trying to figure out, well, who's going to take this job? Who are these? Who's this school going to go after? And we sort of agreed that there's like a handful of coaches that are sort of untouchable. Like you're just not going to poach them. Like Kirby Smart is never leaving Georgia, right? For instance. But as we were talking about that, we kind of realized, you know, that number is is maybe a smaller number than we might have thought. And I never really looked at it in terms of players like that before. And I think if you if someone was going to sit down and think about what players will just never trip, like Carson Beck would be the first guy that comes to mind for me. Like he's the one guy who that would like truly surprise, like stun me if he transferred. Um, so like scale of one to ten, how surprised were you to see that Quinchon Judkins was going in the transfer portal and potentially leaving Ole Miss? You know. At the time, when I saw that pop up on my phone, I was very surprised. I mean, I would say I was a 10 because the reason being is, um, you know, I had heard some talk throughout the season, especially in the beginning of the season, you know, our O-line, you know, obviously needs some work and needed some work. And um, I had heard that there were talks of him maybe going to LSU, uh, that he was kind of a problem in the locker room. Again, you know, these are all sources but who who really knows but i did hear that um but then you know he stayed he um you know made this big sentimental post uh right after the peach bowl and you know we made history and all of that um and i was a judkins believer i mean i have a i have multiple judkins t-shirts you know i was a big fan um and especially after we were able to you know kind of secure um, him with the the Grove Collective, our NIL, you know, he had a huge deal going. Um, so the timing of it was surprising for sure, um, because I didn't think I didn't think it was. I mean, why why would you leave? You were had broken almost every record, and you were going to keep breaking more. And I think what it comes down to, I know what it comes down to is is money. Um, and I know that uh, he asked for a ridiculous amount. Um, you know, but because because players do and you can. And um, I think they kind of just I don't even I think that there had been some locker room issues. And um, as it turns out, I think during the Peach Bowl, um, Dart actually asked him to be benched um, or, you know, take take him out. Because um, I think, you know, when you're your whole life, you're told how good you are. And um, I think there was some of that going on. But at the end of the day. You know, he was a 19-year-old kid. He turned 20 in October. Um, And when there's a school that's going to offer you a lot of money, uh, it makes sense. So, um, 
very long-winded answer. I was I was surprised for sure at the timing of it all um, because I thought if he was going to leave, he would have left already. Uh, but it is interesting to see that. Um, and I might have I might have told Jason this, uh, but he obviously committed to Ohio State, but then their star running back announced that he's going to be returning as well. So um, you know he is going to have to to work for his touches and carries. But I read this. Uh, I read this tweet from an Ohio State fan and said, well, that's actually why Judkins wanted to leave is because he wanted to split race because he didn't want as much tread on his tires when he goes to the No player, especially mm-hmm. with every record, wants less carries. It's just it's just not, not- – yeah. Possible, not reasonable, I, I guess is how I'd classify that. Like I don't – like he split carries last year with Zach Evans. Yeah. yeah. Not, well, not this past season, but in, in 2022, right? And – so I don't I, – I think when I read that, I was probably like in the eight or nine range. Yeah. And then after kind of thinking about it, I was like, well, maybe like four or five. Like like I said, like when you're thinking, okay, well, who really would like never transfer? And usually it's a entrenched starting quarterback on, yeah. a, on a good team, and that's sort of like the end of the list. Definitely. Or, you know, maybe like, a, like the top safety in America who mm-hmm. – <laughs> Still hurts. Still hurts, man. Yeah. That, that Caleb Downs news hit hard, man. That that one hurt. <clears throat> well, he. I mean, he hasn't left yet. Yeah, I, I don't see it. I think he's probably headed to Georgia or Ohio State, one of the two. But I would wager Georgia because he's got a great relationship with Kirby and all that. So, but uh, not to take over the conversation, Judkins. Uh, I, I I'm in the same camp as Allie. I, I don't understand why. I mean, I get the money aspect of it, but. Like you want to get paid now in case you blow your knee out and all of that. And I understand that from a college kid's perspective. Like I get it. However, I mean, to me, that just tells me like you want to go to a team that's good enough to still make the playoffs, but you just don't, I mean, it has to be money because he was already on a team that's good enough to make the playoffs. They would have made it this year if there was a 12 team playoff and they're, Heavily favored to start next year in the top ten, and their schedule is favorable. SEC. Yeah, I would I would pick them for the playoff next year, even without yeah. like and m- they, most, they've made some upgrades, and they look like they're going to be a really good team. Most people are, and so you you look at that, and you have you think there's no way that it was anything other than money, and it, it's similar to the the I, Isaiah Bond situation for me. It's kind of the same thing, and while Bond is not nearly in that same tier as a guy like Judkins, you know, who is the best at what he does, um, if you looked at what DeBoer just did with Adunze and Nick and Polk. And <laughs> these, McMillan. You know, send, and you're going to take that, and you're going to leave and go to Texas, to who also has, you know, like Sark, he's going to no, put I mean, he'll, in the NFL. No, he'll he'll do fine at Texas. He'll be good yeah, there. He's got fine. everything. He, but but when you say I'm just going to go to increase my draft stock, I'm like, mm, is it that or is it the Lamborghini you just posted on social media? It's I probably wager, mostly the second thing. <laughs> yeah, that's it's just that's kind of where we are now. And I, I knew this mass exodus was coming at Bama and Washington and Arizona. And it, I knew the dominoes were going to fall. Yeah. I just, you know, I saw it. <laughs> Have you seen Washington's depth chart? Oh, it's brutal. I mean, it it's, is absolutely it, brutal. They're going to lose. Depth chart is 11 red lines. 
Like, yeah, they're 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 going to lose. Starter. Yeah, they're going to lose their entire roster. I mean, and on top of that, like all five of their Joe Mora winning award uh, offensive line is gone. Two of them are gone to the draft, and the other three are in the portal. <laughs> There's a good chance they could just churn over their entire offensive line, and so yeah. that that's sort of why I was asking Allie about that take earlier. Of I don't think that your average team outside of a Georgia or a Texas can sustain dominance in this era because we're looking at a team like Washington who just went 14 and 0 and went to the national title and they're about to be back in the toilet and they're going to get some, they're going to get some kind of shitty win total from Vegas and it's not going to be anywhere near what it might've you know possibly been if most of their team was still intact. And so Saban retires and two, teams end up in the toilet that are not named Alabama. It's just kind of weird. So yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, Buffalo's down a coach. <laughs> yeah. Buffalo, I mean, South Alabama, the, I mean, the dominoes just, well, and that's why I try not to be too mad about players leaving. I mean, ultimately it's like Ali said, they're 19 and 20 year old kids and they're getting thrown. They're getting hundreds of thousands of dollars thrown in their face. And it's no different than coaches. Coaches can leave and eject whenever they want, and they don't give a damn what the fans think or whatever. They don't care. And so why should the players be any different? So I get it. We'll see what happens. I mean, coaches and contracts and buyouts, I would imagine that <laughs> there'd be a lot more incentive if players had buyouts, but, you know, kind of like baseball does. Well, I mean, w- yeah, we think that day is coming. That we do. Contracts. I think that we uh, do. I think of what it's March is when that's supposed to be voted on in the state of California, whether they're employees or not. I think it's in March or something. I couldn't like tell that. you. Yeah. I, so. I I just think, you know, NCAA wide that'll be part of yeah. Part of the break off. I, yeah. I just I wish the break off would have happened and football would have broken off from the other sports so we could still have the Pac twelve because we've talked about it before, right? It's now like what's the women's volleyball team at UCLA doing? They're they're flying to Rutgers to like what, So you know, it's, it's I would have liked to see the break off and then leave all the other sports, how they've been for a hundred years in that conference, literally. Uh, but the dollar wins. Indeed it does. So all of that being said, no other real crazy breaking news as of this moment that we need to discuss. So an ode to the PAC 12, See you later. It was fun while it lasted. At least the last couple of years were really fun. But uh, we appreciate those of you who are still with us and watching. And uh, go ahead and click subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on podcast if you'd rather uh, catch us when or if you can't catch us live all the time. So, uh, Allie, we appreciate you being here with us and being part of the team now. We're happy to have you. Love the hot takes, especially the Pac-12 sucking. You're speaking our language. It's fantastic. <laughs> So, um, you can follow us at South End Zone Pod. That is here on YouTube. That's on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all that good stuff. You can follow me at Jason Bailey forty seven. You can follow Eric at Eric Mulhair. And Allie, I think you're going to change your Twitter bio up. So we'll get to that next week where you can follow her. But uh, I'm sure you can track it, track her down through my Twitter page or Eric's or somebody's. So uh, we'll get that going. But until next week, Eric, what are we talking about next week? Are we doing win total recaps for what? The bigs, the two bigs. Oh, okay. All right. Big 10. 
Nice and Big Twelve. Yep. And then we'll we'll round out the uh, the Southeast Conference is the actual Southeastern Conference and the ACC. Um, hmm. All right. The week after, whatever happens between now and then, I I still think there's a very real chance we'll be talking about um, a mass player exodus potentially at Michigan. Uh, maybe not as much because I suspect that they will hire in house and have a lot of continuity staff wide. But I do expect at some point in the next two weeks we'll be talking about Jim Harbaugh moving on. Yeah, unless. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Allie. Oh, I was just going to say, we picked up a Michigan player today, so we'll see. Uh, yeah, there you go. And uh, unless, you know, unless, of course, Michigan are just a complete bunch of morons who give that guy the contract protection that he wants, that's, you know, free from termination, regardless of any I, NCAA finding two weeks after he goes so on TV and says, kinda, we're, what, we're what he's actually asking for is... <laughs> He's for asking the for authority to do that to go to an arbitrator, not just the athletic director. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably a stall tactic. So he's not signing a contract with a new buyout because he is still interviewing with NFL teams. He interviewed with, I think, Atlanta yesterday. Yeah. Today. So I, I still think he ends up in the NFL. We'll probably talk about that in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, next week, Big Ten, Big 12, a uh, week after that, SEC, ACC. And then hopefully we will have some guests lined up. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we we did get a couple of uh, confirmations from guests. Uh, our man from CBS, the Dot Father, Dennis Dot. He, he's yep. coming. Yep, he's going to come back and uh, join us, and we'll be discussing. Some God, hot- that guy's a stud. Yeah, he is. Man. He's just—he was like a faucet of information. <laughs> so we're excited to have him back. He's very gracious to come back on the show. And uh, we'll get him on with us. Did get that confirmation. And we'll have some uh, familiar faces. Uh, I think Josh McQuistion is going to come back on with us to talk to you in their first year in the SEC. And we've got some other guys lined up. So, until next week, again, South End Zone Pod on all our social media. And we will talk to you guys then. Catch you all later on. Thank you very much. Have a great day.